Hi, and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode is the first in a new series called Life Hacks, with the conversation being led by lead pastor Yukon Chu. We're going to continue on uh, with our time here this morning in engaging with and processing our spiritual journeys um, with God. And again, regardless of what background you may come from this morning, we're excited that you're here, and we hope you can bring what you believe in, what you think about, to the table, uh, to some of the discussion and engagement we're about to have. And uh, as some of you know, uh, we are at the beginning, actually, of a new uh, discussion series. Uh, What we do here at Ethnos is probably every one to two months, we focus on a particular topic to process and think through what it is to follow God and, and be experiencing Him in our everyday lives. And today, we begin a series called Making Life Work, Life Hacks from Jesus. I'll explain a little bit more what this is actually about and why we're talking about this, but to kind of get us going and get our minds thinking through uh, the topic today and how how it might relate to us, I want to invite you to take a look at this question and actually discuss this question with your table partners here today. It's a very simple question. It's one perhaps you can answer right away, but it'll help us ease in to the topic today. Here it is. Where is your life right now not working out? Where in your life right now do things seem to not be happening in the way you would want them to happen? Where is life not working out right now? Turn to a neighbor. If you're sitting by yourself, try to find someone around you. So I'm now two minutes just sharing a response to this question. All right, I'm curious, who would be up for sharing with us this morning, with the larger group here, where you feel like your life is just not working out right now? Way back here. You're making me work this morning, man. No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I said, um, I said consistency for myself. Um, we talked also about finances and um, trying to do things on our own when we should really re- rely on working with God together. Okay. Yeah. So kind of finances, consistency, trying to not be as independent. Okay. Yeah. What else? Where is life not working out for you right now? Who else? Um, yeah. My struggle has been pretty much trying to break away from the status quo. I get into this drive where I like structure and that's how I've always been. I'm very organized. But whenever I get this heveled, I pretty much um, kind of break down. So that feeds into like my fear of trying to do something new. Because whenever people ask me, how's my week been? I said it's been the same as last week and last week and last week. It just keeps going back and back and back, you know, ad infinitum. So um, I'm just trying to change that and, you know, definitely have God challenge me. It pretty much goes back to the song, peace be still, peace be still with you. And I'm trying to have that, you know, change me a little bit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thanks, Jefferson. Yeah. So status quo, it is a kind of vulnerable question, I guess. All right. All right. We'll keep going here this morning. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? I, I think this question is 
pretty revealing. I think we all have an answer to this question, uh, regardless of how, quote-unquote, successful we may feel like we are or unsuccessful. I mean, all of us all of us have probably at least one area, if not more, where life just doesn't seem to be working out. Over the course of the next two months, for February and March, we are going to begin to explore how Jesus, specifically Jesus and his scriptures that he believed in, can actually help us with some of these very specific areas of life in trying to make sense of them and help us work them out, so to speak. If you are new to Jesus and unfamiliar with his scriptures, let me just give you a quick background as to what we're actually going to be looking at. Jesus was an interesting man, of course, some 2,000 years ago he was here and he taught a number of things and he went through a number of things for our sake. One of the things that he believed in and that he taught from was a set of scriptures we know today as the Torah, which was at that time the, and still today the specific Jewish scriptures that were written some years ago before Jesus. Embedded in this Torah was actually a set of smaller writings known as the wisdom literature. Some of you may know the books that are part of this wisdom literature, things like Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job. Those are some of the names of those books. And Jesus believed in those scriptures. Jesus actually taught from those scriptures. And the interesting thing about those scriptures was that those scriptures were written to talk about the everyday aspect of our lives. Like literally, finances, how to manage your home, what to do with relationships that you like, you don't like, how to deal with anger, people that you should be, avoid of, be, be avoidant of, business deals you shouldn't get in, business deals you should get in. The wisdom literature was known as that part of the scriptures that dealt with the everyday nitty-gritty aspect of life. For the next two months, we're going to take a look at those scriptures and think through how is it that Jesus taught from them and how is it that we can learn from them today so that life can work. Okay, make sense? I think it's going to be a fun adventure. It's going to be really interesting. I think we're going to learn a number of things. And today, I'm going to give a brief introduction. Basically, I'm going to just lay out what exactly this set of scriptures talked about and how we can begin to engage and take in this set of scriptures so that life can make sense and we can work it out together, so to speak. Here's a big idea. We'll put it on the screen, and then we'll just jump into our conversation here today, all right? Um, here's a big idea. A life that works comes from this path of wisdom. What does this exactly look like? How are we going to engage? Let's take a look. If you have uh, this, you should have this in front of you. You should have a half sheet of paper that has some of the expert excerpts from this section of the scriptures. We're going to jump right into the introductory chapters uh, of the book of Proverbs specifically. Now, Proverbs is an interesting piece of scripture. It has 31 chapters. The first nine are introductory in a sense, 
And uh, we're going to just kind of take an excerpt from the third chapter to take a look at what this wisdom actually looks like. Let me read through it, and we'll explain what's happening. Let me just read through the first paragraph. It says this, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she, meaning wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Now, this is a fascinating poetic description of this concept of wisdom as taught from the scriptures of Jesus. Notice, just kind of walk through this and think through how this is a beautiful picture of a life that you and I actually, I think, want. You and I are actually striving for with most of our living existence, right? I mean, notice how it starts off by talking about how this wisdom is profitable. It somehow provides economic well-being. And then somewhere in the middle, I, I love this, this, this line after wisdom is described as better than rubies. The author says this, nothing you desire can compare with her, compare with wisdom. Now think about that. What do you want right now in your life? What do you want the most in your life right now? It may be to figure out a relationship. It may be to get your financial stuff in order. It may be a situation at work that you just wish would just get smoothed out so you can just enjoy the rest of your life almost, you know? What do you want most right now in life? This line says wisdom is even better than that. I mean, that's pretty profound. That's, that's a big claim, right? That, that is really mind-blowing. And so the question we are going to begin to try to ask in our series is, well, what does this person actually mean by wisdom? What are we talking about? And how can we begin to walk in this path of wisdom? We're going to spend two months processing this. There's a lot to learn, but I hope this introductory paragraph already begins to make you think, man, this is something I want. This is something I need to figure out. I, need, I want my life to work. I want my life to be like this. How can I get there? Well, as we continue to read through these introductory paragraphs and, and chapters, if you were to read through them, you would find a number of answers that, are, that begin to get laid down perhaps none as clear as the next paragraph that we're going to read, which is found in the same chapter. Many of you perhaps have heard these sentences before. This actually comes from Proverbs. And I think this is so crucial to the discussion of how. How can we begin to experience this wisdom? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. And if you can look at the next paragraph, we've printed it out here. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your hearts, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, 
and he will make your path straight. How many of you have heard these sentences before or, or read these before? Okay, yeah, a number of you, right? What is this actually talking about? How might this begin to help us with this path of wisdom that we want to be on? Well, if you look at these sentences, you'll notice that the, the main action that we're supposed to engage in is this idea of trusting in the Lord. And then it kind of explains what it might mean. It says, in all your ways, submit to Him. So kind of give yourselves over, give all the aspects of your life, all your ways, give it over to Him, hand it over to Him, submit to Him, trust in Him. What, what does this actually mean? Again, today's an overview, so I'm going to give you some big pictures and then over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the details. But today, what does this big picture look like? What might it look like to actually trust in Him? Two points I want to make about this. The first, on your screen, is this actually is talking about trusting your life with Jesus, to Jesus, and specifically, specifically, Jesus' death on a cross. Why do I say this? I mean, this, if you read this, there's no mention of Jesus, right? There's no mention of Jesus. How could it be that this is actually talking about Jesus and specifically his death on a cross? Well, remember I told you this was actually Jesus' scriptures, right? He, when he was here, he taught from this. And if you were to read his life, biography, you would begin to recognize that actually he alludes to this book a number of times in his teachings. For example, the next excerpt we have on your, uh, on your sheet is from Matthew 12, where Jesus begins to teach. And Jesus says something very interesting. Notice on, this, this, uh, on your sheet says, he says, and now something greater than Solomon is here. What, what was going on in that time? Jesus was in a debate with the religious people of his time, the religious leaders, and they were doubting him and doubting that he was an authority on making life work. And so Jesus begins to respond to him, and in part of his response, he says this, you know what, if you were around during Solomon's time, Solomon was the author of Proverbs, you would have recognized that someone greater than Solomon is here, meaning himself. In fact, as the early followers of Jesus began to just think through who Jesus was and how he taught and how he oriented life, they began to realize that, wow, Jesus is actually the embodiment of wisdom. In fact, not only was he the embodiment of wisdom, his death on a cross was the embodiment of wisdom. Notice the last excerpt we have here today, uh, written by an early follower of Jesus named Paul. He says this, we preach or we speak of Christ being crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, meaning Jewish people found it hard to believe that a God, a great religious figure like Jesus could be crucified, could die. It's a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. 
Jesus, in his life and in his death, was the embodiment of this concept of wisdom. How does this work? I mean, this sounds, okay, you, may, you might see the connections now, but how does this actually work? Let me give you a few examples just so you can begin to see how this might work. And again, we'll have two months to think through this. Let's pretend right now you are dealing with a friendship problem, a relationship issue. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with someone you're dating. Maybe it's just with a roommate, a classmate, whatever it is. Let's pretend you're dealing with a friendship problem. And they are doing something that is deeply frustrating you, deeply annoying you, deeply just causing turmoil in you. You're losing sleep. You, you can't think straight. You're always in a cloud because of this one friend and what they are doing to you. Now, let's pretend as you begin to reflect on this, the reason why they are causing such turmoil for you is because your identity, your sense of worth, your sense of being loved and who, you know, your sense of who you are is at stake. It's being violated. For whatever reason, you've, you, this friendship has grown in such a way that you are beginning to doubt yourself. You're beginning to wonder if you're really lovable or you're beginning to wonder like, man, is something wrong with me because of this friend and what's happening? Now, how might Jesus and his death, quote unquote, make life work and make this situation work in this moment? How might thinking about Jesus and the cross help in this moment? Well, the message of Jesus and the cross as it relates to us is very interesting because part of the message of Jesus and the cross is that you and I are loved, that you and I have a new way to live, that you and I don't need to subscribe to the powers around us that try to define us and try to make us feel certain ways, and try to say, hey, you're like this or you're like that. Part of the message of the cross is that Jesus loved us so much and God loved us so much that he came to break the power of everything that's broken in our world, the powers that try to define us, to convey to us that, you know what, you are somebody worth loving, you are somebody worth believing in because God believes in you, you are somebody with a new identity and a new purpose. And so just kind of think about it. Let that sink in. How might that realization help you as you're in this turmoil with your friend? How might this realization that you are somebody, that you are loved, that you don't need to be defined by this other person? help you in that moment. Oh, let's say you're going through finances, financial problems. Uh, tax season oh, is upon us, and I am definitely in need of doing some taxes really soon. And you're going through your taxes, and you realize, my goodness, what happened this year financially? Like, what was I doing? Why did, why did my books get all out of balance, all out of whack? And I mean, I'm in my 30s, or I'm in my 40s, or, you know, I shouldn't have to be going through this. What happened? And as you begin to think about it, you begin to get frustrated. 
You begin to perhaps get depressed. You begin, you just, you begin to just, all these emotions are swimming inside of you. And let's be honest, there are moments for some of us when we think about finances, we spiral very quickly into anger, depression, all these sorts of things. How might the cross, how might Jesus help you in that moment? Again, part of the message of Jesus, part of the cross and what he did was to, to break the powers of our world that try to define us, break the powers of our world that try to say, you are this because you're successful, or you're, that, you're not that because you're not successful. The cross brings a new identity. The cross brings something that nothing else can bring. Now, of course, there are practical things we have to do in those relationships, practical things we have to do in those financial situations to make life work. And actually, the rest of the book of Proverbs is going to give us very interesting details to that. But it needs to start with Jesus. It needs to start at the cross. Because more often than not, you and I are putting our identity, putting our sense of worth into if life is successful or not. Are we not? Are we not doing that? More than we care to admit. And so what does it mean to trust Jesus? First thing is let Jesus and his cross identify you. But the second thing we begin to realize as we think through the Proverbs and what Jesus is saying is that number two, we actually need to trust in the outcomes that the scriptures will begin to give us. We need to trust in the outcomes that the scriptures will begin to give us through the book of Proverbs. So what, what do I mean by this? Over the course of the next two months, you are going to, you and I, we're going to read through some very interesting quote-unquote promises that these scriptures will tell us. It'll say something to the effect of this. If you, like, like, like this passage, if you submit your ways to God, then your paths will be straight, right? Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In all your, all your ways, submit to Him, and then your paths will be straight. So there are these promises that are set up. And in order to really experience this, we have to trust in the outcomes that are being promised, right? Now, obviously, this is much more challenging than it seems. Um, perhaps you've tried to do that before with your life. You've tried to trust God with this thing or do what He says, and life hasn't worked out. We're going to explore in detail why that might happen what, you know, what it is to, to, to actually submit that, even though it may not work out at first. We're going to explore that some more. But can I propose you, to you that sometimes, sometimes what happens is that we, well, a number of things can happen. But sometimes what happens is that we, we don't realize who God is quite yet when we, when we submit to Him or we, 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 when we're invited to trust in these outcomes. So what do I mean by that? We can sometimes think God is like an ATM machine or a vendor or like a vending machine, right? You, you put in trust and you get out something like that, right? And we view God as a very transactional God. He exists to just give us what we need, 
He exists to make life work, right? And so we come to him, we put in trust, put in trust or scan in, however vending machines work these days. I haven't used one in a while. And you get something out, and then you kind of go on with your life, right? Now, here's the deal. God is not a vending machine, and he does want to give us what, he, what, we, what we ask for. He does want to do that. But God is actually much more interested in the people we are becoming, not just the stuff we have. And what you'll find with a lot of these promises is that these promises will actually strike at that, that deeper issue of who are you becoming? Who am I becoming? Like, I, sure, I want your marriage to work. Sure, I want your finances to be straight. But I'm more concerned about, are you a loving person? Have you become more compassionate? Yeah, I want your finances to be straight, but are you deep down a more generous person and not just a person who can balance books? Like, that, that's actually what God is going to be getting at, what these scriptures are going to be getting at. It's not the stuff of making life work. It's, it's who are you and I becoming. And so I think when we begin to read things with that lens, and we think about the promises and the guarantees that we'll begin to read about, I think you and I will begin to understand how these things get, quote-unquote, fulfilled, how the outcomes will actually come. Again, a number of things to think about as we get the series started. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I do have a challenge for us today to actually get us started on the right foot for the next few months, but I want to, turn, I want to take a pause. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just process really quickly, what, what strikes you about what we've talked about so far? What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? How is this landing for you right now? All right, two minutes. Let's talk about that. Who wants to um, touch base with the rest of the group? What are you finding that is uh, agreeing with you or perhaps you, you're not sh quite sure about, disagree with? Anybody want to share their processing with us? So I've done a lot of reading in Ecclesiastes because I, I find wisdom in it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm thinking about this, the trust and submit. And uh, do we lean, in, lean on God? Yeah. Right? The, the gentleman over there said, you know, his problem was consistency. Yeah. You know, do, we, do we lean on God when times are bad only? Yeah. Or when things are going well, yeah. do we continue to lean on God? Right? And then when things are bleak, it's easy just to focus on yourself rather than the outside. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in some of Jesus' last acts, when things looked most bleak, he knew his end was coming. Yeah. And he asked for this chalice to pass him. Yeah. But then in the same sentence, acknowledging his weakness, he said, but let not my will be done but you're his father. Yeah. To the end, he always leaned on God the Father. Yeah. And, you know, when asked, how should we pray to, to the God? Yeah. He gave us something that explains the everlastingness of how we should lean on him. Yeah. Forgive us our trespasses as as we forgive those who trespass against us. The continuation of the wisdom of love and forgiveness. Yeah. 
So I think this is a, this is a very important lesson here yeah. for us to instill in all of our lives. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm really into this. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is, this is very deep stuff that, man, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't just happen once or twice. This, we're talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about this constant leaning, and we're going to definitely need to explore how, how is it we can do this in the good, in the bad, in moments of despair. Thank you for, for reflecting on that with us. Thank you, Craig. Other thoughts, questions, reflections in this time? Yeah, yeah back there, yeah. Y'all, y'all making me work. That's good. I'm glad you're raising your hands back here. Yeah. Um, so similarly, I was thinking about um, the first passage of blessed are those who find wisdom in thinking that that's great, the greater, greater than anything that we're searching for and just thinking about how if people really want money. They set up this plan of like, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get this job and go up the ladder and that's how I'm going to make money. And this, like, they have a plan. And so reflecting on, you know, what, if we are going to find wisdom and that's going to be greater than anything else that we're desiring for, what is, what is the plan of how we find wisdom and, and, and creating a plan of seeking wisdom rather than seeking what we want here on earth? Yeah, no, that's great. Planning this out. How can we plan this out? That's a great thought. I mean, actually, I'm going to share a thought about that as we close. So that's great. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, April was just talking about making plans. Um, in my days now, since I'm getting so older, <laughs> um, you really can't make plans when it comes to God because God's going to, if he, if that's not what he wants for you, that's not what you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. That is true. There is a joke that says, you know, one way to make God laugh is to tell him your plans, um, which I think is very true. Uh, at the same time, I do think there's a place for planning if we can submit our ways to the Lord. And so that, how do we exactly do that? And so I think that's something we'll need to explore in this series. Yeah. Anybody else before we wrap up? All right, here, here's what I think I, I here, here's how I want to challenge us this morning as we wrap up this introductory talk on making life work and enter into this series of conversations. Two things I want to encourage us to do that have to do with these, these, these points I've just made. The first has to, has to do with the scriptures, specifically the scriptures that we're talking about here, the wisdom scriptures. I want to challenge you in this next two months, but maybe that's too big of a challenge, so perhaps just this next week, we'll start with a week. I want to challenge you to open up your scriptures to Proverbs 10, okay? Proverbs 10. Write it down, Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10 is where this specific book of Proverbs begins to kind of go past the introductory stuff and just kind of lay out the details, like literally sentence by sentence. Every sentence is different. Every sentence will say something about some aspect of life, nitty-gritty life. I want you to begin this week 
in Proverbs 10 and read, literally just read two or three sentences to start your day or perhaps over lunch or somewhere in your day. Just read two or three sentences and spend just a few minutes, two or three minutes, reflecting on what that proverb or what those proverbs are saying. As you do, I have a feeling that if, if God is real, if He's present, if He's trying to help us learn this wisdom, I have a feeling that something will happen, honestly, because this book of Proverbs is, is a powerful book. Jesus taught from it. Jesus embodied it. And Jesus is actually, I think, working in this book and through this book. I want us to try this for a week, and when we come back together next week, I want us to talk about it. Hey, how did Proverbs 10 go for you? How did it begin to change your thinking? How did it mess with your life, perhaps? All right, very simple, right? Okay, number one. The second thing I want us to be challenged in is this aspect of letting Jesus identify us and Jesus and His cross identify us. Now, how might we begin to do that? I kind of gave some examples, but I I think we can do something right here, right now, to let Jesus and His cross identify us. And the reason why I want to emphasize right here and right now is because of this. We, We believe here that when Jesus taught us in His scriptures, He said something very important near the end. He said that, surely I will be with you to the end of the age. What does that exactly mean? It means partly that He is actually somehow present right here, right now with us. Like in some way we really can't explain, He actually is right here with us right now, which means you and I can interact with Him right now. If he's, if he's for real, if, he's, if He was telling the truth, if, if this is real, then he, we can interact with Him right now. And so what I want to do is just bring us through a quick prayer exercise to interact with Jesus and begin that process or continue that process of letting Jesus and His cross give you and I our identity, okay? And so... I'm going to invite you right now, if, if you feel comfortable, um, to do a quick prayer exercise. First thing I want to invite you to do is, is just close your eyes, kind of get yourself focused, kind of block out some things, uh, everything, if you can. And uh, again, if you don't feel comfortable doing this, that's fine. You can just kind of listen in and maybe try this at home and, and just interact this way. But I want you to just close your eyes, and I want you to try and picture Jesus in front of you, okay? And as we were talking about through these scriptures and and what have you, Jesus does have a new identity He wants to give you because of what He did at the cross, Like I alluded to earlier, the cross is that place where Jesus broke the power of evil, broke the power of sin and brokenness in our world. Those powers that try to define us, those powers that try to control us, 
those powers we give into when we don't want to, but we keep giving into. Jesus says that at the cross, he, he disarmed those powers. He, he somehow broke their power so that a new identity, a new power could come into our lives. An identity of beloved. You're a child of God now. An identity of, of love. And the possibility of living a life now defined by only God himself and the love he gives us. So I want you to picture Jesus, and Jesus is literally, he's handing you this gift, okay? This new identity of love, this new power to live differently because all the other powers have been broken. He's giving you this gift. So picture him handing you this gift. And you and I, we have an opportunity this morning to simply say, Jesus, I, I received that gift. I'll take it. Yes. Please let me have it. So I want you to just picture yourself taking that gift and saying to Jesus, thank you. Show me how to unpack this gift now. Show me how to use it, but at the very least, Jesus, I'm saying yes. I'm going to take it this morning. We are thankful, Jesus, that if, if this is all true, if the scriptures are true, we're thankful that you're here today. We're thankful that you're real. And we're thankful that you can make life work. We want to begin that process, that journey today. We begin it by saying yes to you, by receiving this identity that you give us. Help us now in these next few months to unpack it well, to unwrap it, to know how this affects us, to know how to use it. Guide us even this week as we look to you and think about Proverbs 10. Guide us even this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.